Good evening. This is Tuesday night, even though it's election night at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means it's webinar time. And it also means that you'll be hearing it shortly in our podcast, and we just ding, just so yay for dings. Uh, we've got a few different things to talk about tonight. Um, first is our news about Roma. I'm going to wait on that one, actually. Hi, Terry. Um, pulling up our Q&As for what, um, what have been coming in for questions for us, uh, for everybody to, you know, to ask. So we've got some of them have been asked in our Facebook group. Some of them people have called up and asked about. And so I'm just going to talk about them here, too, to share it with all of you guys. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we have quite a bit of information to cover. And hold on a second. I was just having salad for dinner because uh, you guys know I have the hysterectomy coming up. It was going to be in December. Well, we got better insurance for next year, so now it'll be probably in January. But I still have to lose weight. So instead of going keto, which was hard to keep up with, it's now Whole30 and let's get real. So dinner tonight was a green salad with um, buffalo chicken, um, dump ranch, uh, sunflower kernels, cucumbers, and some grapes. Because why not? Um, so yeah, I meant to throw in an avocado and I didn't have time. Uh, hi, Cara. So I do have your question tonight too. Um, and that's what we'll start with. That's what I have is our first one for the night is... Um, Cara's talking about her dog, Panda, that she'd like her to go from a down to a sit, but she's not sure exactly how to do that. So this is what we do. Uh, you guys know how to get the dog into a sit. And then what most people do is as the dog's in a sit, they pull the treat from the nose straight down to the ground and lure the dog into a down. Now, the problem with that is if that's the only way you teach it, your dog will only go from a, you'd have to get your dog into a sit before you ask for the down. So what we do is we also work on capturing the down. And I had done a video on that. I think it was over the weekend. We put it up. Maybe it was yesterday. I think it was over the weekend. Anyway, so check out our Dream Dogs Facebook page. I don't think it's up on YouTube, but it is on our online course already on both the Dream Dog course and the Service Dog course on how to get down without having to get that sit first. Now, that's not what she's asking here. What she's asking is to go from a down to a sit. So there's a few different ways you can do that. Is if the dog has a really good sit and a really good down and knows the difference between them, you can ask for it. And the first couple of times, the dog's going to be confused. Um, you can do food luring. Um, but here's my trick. You guys want to know what I do whenever this is happening? So when the dog's in a down, and it's a sphinx down or a one hip down, but their front paws are on the ground, stretched out in front of them, to a degree, right? If you put your foot between their front feet and you kind of lean into the dog, that creates spatial pressure. And by creating that spatial pressure, your dog usually sits up. So that's our little trick. That's our dog trainer secret trick of the night for how to deal with getting your dog to go from a down position to a sit position. It's just when they're down, tell them sit, and then put your foot right between their front legs and kind of lean into them. Basically what I'll do is I'll just bend my knee into them so it's some pressure, but it's not goobs of pressure. Um, because some dogs, it all depends. Um, some people are gonna have a collar on their dog and they're gonna more like tip, 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 tip. 
and get the dog up into that. So it all depends. Pam's on. Hi, Pam. Hi, Anjanette. So we had that, okay? Um, we had some food questions as well, so I'll address those in a little bit. Um, but you guys know about Roma. That was our exciting news this weekend, is Roma went up to her new home in South Carolina. I guess we were planning on keeping Roma the poodle. She is seven months old right now. Uh, we were planning on keeping her when we got her, but she's a dainty girl and I'm not. As I said this on the phone to my mom the other day, my husband's like, oh, honey, you're a petite little flower. I'm like, oh, thank you. Um, I'm not. So for mobility for me, wasn't going to work, unfortunately. Uh, you know, she's about probably 35 pounds. And Gypsy's about 60. So Gypsy, while she's a little bit shorter, she is a tank. And she's real solid. And she would like to lay on top of Roma. Like, they played and had a blast. And Gypsy's kind of sad that her buddy's gone. But Romeo who is Carolyn's uh, standard poodle. He was here for boot camp in, I think it was in um, July to August. And he loves the girls. And he was down like almost two weeks ago. And he loved Roma and Roma loved him. And he loved Gypsy too, but Gypsy's not moving in with them. So um, when she was having all these problems trying to find a poodle service dog, because she didn't want to start with a puppy, she wanted to get a dog. It was a few months old. So she knew more about temperament and personality. So I said to Rich about it, and he's like, why would that even come to your mind? And I said, well, because for Roma, she would be only service dog. Um, she'd be one of two dogs in the house. Um, you know, it's Carolyn and her mother and Romeo and Roma. I'm like, she would get so much more attention than she does here as one of five, plus whoever we have in for boot camp and boarding. Um, plus, she's only one of three service dogs, and she's not really going to be able to do what I was hoping she'd be able to do. So uh, Carolyn could really use her. And like I said here, you know, it, it just, it worked. So we, we offered her to Carolyn and Carolyn was so excited. So she came down, um, she picked her up Saturday morning, spent the day with her. We got together. She came to group class. She came to, you know, lunch we did and then we did dinner um, and, and she did really good. So then on Sunday we had clients in the morning. So we got together in the afternoon for a late lunch, early dinner. And then they, uh, she, they're, they're doing fantastic. I am so, so, so happy about it um, because it really is the perfect match. And so they took off. They got to um, Monday. They took off for South Carolina because that's where Carolyn lives. And they got up there last night and she sent me video. She sent me pictures last night. Um, she sent me a long text this morning saying, you know, just thank you. Thank you. This is perfect. She is the perfect dog. I never would have imagined that I have a dog as amazing as Roma. So that made me very, very happy. Um, we might try pulling, not pulling, but picking up another dog. And if he doesn't work out for me, you know, like do this again. Because like we really, really help somebody, which is really, really fantastic. Uh, Kimmy's on hi and Michelle's on hello. So yeah, so that's what's going on with Roma. We are still going to breed her. Um, so if you guys know of a male poodle service dog who has all his health testing in a year and a half, let me know. Um, because yeah, we will still breed her. Um, she's still going to be foundation. Her Instagram is currently still up. I don't, it'll stay up. I don't know how active it'll be. I gave Carolyn, um, the login information. So hopefully she'll log in and post some pictures of Roma. If not, when I get them, I will share them with you guys. So it's Roma underscore service underscore dog on Instagram, Roma service dog.
And gypsies is gypsy rose service dog with the underscores between them. So it's gypsy underscore rose underscore service underscore dog. Because you got to get real creative whenever you're doing it. Um, here we go. Got a question in. We really need to get a service dog, but we're not sure where to start. Uh, so that's where I wanted to, uh, now that we're on the service dog, big questions, right? I need, we need to get a service dog. I'm not sure where to start in here. Michelle says, I need a service dog too, right? And I had people also saying, wait, what, what, Romo is available? That would have been nice um, to know that. So we could have missed all that stuff, uh, you know, because the potty training was all taken care of. But um, what we do is we work with owner trainers. So we have readers that we recommend. So the first thing you've got to figure out is that you have a dog who is capable of being a service dog. Seriously. And what tasks are you looking at and what breeds are you looking at? So I'm going to assume that, okay, first we'll assume that you have a dog and your dog is under the age of one to one and a half at the absolute oldest. And you've done some stuff with your dog and your dog's pretty good. Your dog can pass the canine good citizen test. Your dog does not pull you all over the place on walks. Your dog pays attention to you whenever you talk to him and tell him what to do. Um, your dog does not pull you around. If you take your dog to the farmer's market or the pet store, your dog walks right beside you. No problems. If that's the case, we might be able to turn your dog into your service dog. Uh, if, if your dog's pulling you, if your dog's out of control and crazy, you're starting to add up different things where it's going to be harder. Okay. Um, harder to train that dog into being your service dog, but it's not impossible. You know, we just, we like to start them young. I start them as young as eight weeks old, but it's not, let's go like, okay, today we took chance. I'm sorry. We took Marvel. We took chance voting, but we took Marvel with us. Rich had to go to the dentist. His appointment was at noon. So we left at 1130 ish. So we took Marvel at 1130. We did the dentist. So we got there at noon. They called him back about 1215. He was back there for an hour. And then we, about a half hour, we drove up to Sam's Club and we were there and then we drove home. So we didn't get home and unloaded everything until four. So we were up from 1130 until four. And then we got everything unloaded and we ran in town to vote. So we took um, Chance instead of taking Marble because Marble has spent the whole day with us. If you do that with a puppy, you're going to burn him out. Marvel's like eight months old. He can handle being out with us for like five hours and considering like an hour and a half of it was just sitting there at the, at the dentist office in a downstay under my chair or beside me or in front of me because no one else was in the office. You know, that's not a problem. And it happens, you know, um, it's not like I said, oh, let's go to Disney for eight hours. So you've got to watch it. So with puppies, uh, eight weeks old, we start them very, very, very short, maybe five minutes tops. That's like, I have to run to the store and get one loaf of bread and that is it. And I know exactly where the loaf of bread is and I'm out. Okay. Um, so that's that one. Uh, what breed, what breed do you want to have? I like three breeds of service dogs, the best. I like Goldens, I like Labradors, and I like Standard Poodles. Now, Labs, you want a chocolate or a black Lab. Do not, I'm sorry, not a chocolate. You want a yellow or a black. Do not go with chocolate Labs as service dogs because they're just a little bit crazier than the yellows or the black. So you want to go with the yellow or a black. And it's funny because I had a woman contact me the other day and she wanted um, either a German Shepherd or a chocolate lab. And I'm like, nope, neither of those. Um, go with 
you know, a golden. And it was for um, some psych stuff, some PTSD, some anxiety. And for that, you really need just a goober golden. You do. It's the best dog for it, um, in my professional opinion. Not just because goldens are super cute. And you want to see what Jensen's doing? Let's see if I can show you. There she is. She was just lying down like a little frog dog. Um, but but they're amazing as service dogs. So I usually recommend goldens. But like I said, I'm also good with labs and standard poodles. Um, but you have to make sure that you get them from the right breeder. So just because you go out and you get a golden, if the parents weren't health tested, if the um, there's no uh, therapy dogs or service dogs in the line, um, there's no health testing, there's no temperament, it's just like, hey, it's a golden for $200 on Craigslist. Don't get them run away. Okay. You just want me to spend a fortune. No, you're going to spend a fortune no matter what. I want you to start with the best dog possible to make your job as easy as possible. What happens is you get that $200 golden. Well, you probably can't meet the dad because he's aggressive. And the mom probably looks like crap because she wasn't given the right supplements and nutrients. They probably did nothing with the puppies except them, let them play outside for the last eight weeks, which means they're not acclimatized to anything in the house um, and they're going to have issues somewhere okay so guys you do get what you pay for so start with the best dog possible i do have a list of breeders that i do like and jeanette is planning a litter um and jeanette says i'll keep looking for a great foundation dog right and hi gypsy uh and i went with a friend and we stayed outside with oliver while my friend did some shopping yeah stuff like that's great for starting them out but you do want to start out. Now, I have people who are like, well, I want an Akita as a service dog. Why? Don't do that. Like, why are you trying to make life harder on yourself? Make life easier on yourself. Well, Goldens, they're just like, they're easy to train. Mm -hmm. So in training circles, Malinois, which is what Arrow is. He's a Malinois. Belgian Shepherd. They're known as like the easy ones to train, right? And they are. They're very motivated for food or for play or for biting people. So they're pretty easy to train. But they're a lot of dogs. It's like a Ferrari dog. And it's a lot to deal with. And people with disabilities don't want that. You Trust me, you don't want that. Um, you want a dog who is really, really just easy to go with. I'm just like Border Collies. We have a couple Border Collies at the house here. I usually don't recommend them for service dogs because they need a job. They love to herd. And that's rude. We got to be a service dog and he'd much rather be here at the ranch herding cows. And now after we sold Rue, I'm like, well, Rich, Rue could be next. And, and they're like, you're not selling Rue. So poor Rue. Um, but yeah, so you really need to get a service dog. You're not sure where to start. So as you're thinking breeds, as you're thinking dogs, um, as you're like, I do want a golden. What golden's best? Message me because guess who has a long list of golden breeders? And it's not even really that long. But, um, you know, since we had been looking at everything else, I have a list with golden breeders on it. And they're ones who are breeding for temperament, which is what you want. Temperament and health, no matter what animal you go with, is what you want with, from your service dog breeder. Um, temperament and health, guys. Those are huge. Uh, and then you want to start doing all the socialization. It is a lot of work, our program, because we work with owner trainers. It's not, put me down on your list and I'll do some fundraising and for like three years and, and I'll get the dog and he'll be all trained. Even then, guys, you need to know how to do the upkeep on it because 
they're not robots and they require maintenance, okay? So where to start is listening to my podcasts, my webinars. The podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog. Go to How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group. Talk to people who have service dogs. If you live local and you want to come and hang out with us for the day, you know, just to see what it's like having a service dog. It's not like, I get to bring my dog everywhere. It's, I get to bring my dog everywhere. So, uh, you know, we went, when we went voting with Chance, you know, we brought him with us. He had to have a good sit-stay. So I had him in a sit-stay in front of me while I was filling out the little paper, you know, the little color in the circles. All the Scantrons from when I was in, you know, public school there, you know, they prepared me for, uh, for voting today. And then how do they reward you with a sticker? It's just school all over again. But, you know, we did that. And then outside, you know, we just, I worked him while Rich was finishing up. Um, it's, it's a lot. I still had to, and then we had to load him into the Jeep and come home. And, you know, there, there's a lot to deal with, um, with having a service dog. If it's hot, you've got to watch out for them. You know, you, you have to have the booties for their feet. You have to have water for them. You know, you have to make sure they have potty breaks so they don't poo or pee in the middle of the store. That's gross. Um, Thomas says you want a dog that's a good match for you. You do, but you also want an easy dog. So you might say, well, a good match for me is a French bulldog and I live in Florida and I have diabetes and I want a diabetic alert dog. I don't care how good of a dog a French bulldog is for you. you I'm not doing a diabetic alert French bulldog. It's not happening. Um, so part of it is their workability and what you like. And it's funny because one of the things I get from people all the time is, well, then I want a lab because Golden's just shed too much. And I just laugh hysterically because labs shed more than Golden shed. Yes, they have shorter fur. You know what happens when we have, and we've had lab Golden and Poodle in all at the same time um, at, the, at boot camp here. So the Golden around her crate or his crate might have some little tumbleweed tufts, not a lot. Around the lab is just a moat of that little short hair. And we pull the crate, well, Mandy pulls the, we pull the crates out for Mandy and she cleans around them. And oh my gosh, sometimes it's so disgusting. <laughs> um, let's see, what do we got? Carolyn says, hi, hey, we were just talking about Roma. And Antoinette says, that's a perfect example. They need a pet and not service when it comes to need. You need the breed. Yep. I know I got my dog from an agency. Thomas says, they made a great match. We both are laid back. I will say it took six months to find a match. Yep, he's four and I still do ongoing training too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is for life. So Arrow is six and a half. I still work with him. You know, I still work with Zoe. Zoe's like 13. Now Zoe is not going out in public as my service dog. But like it never ends. And if I'm going to say like, no, you don't need training. Just Gypsy needs training because she's the youngest. They're going to be like, we're going to like lock her outside at night. So like we get all the attention again. Um, Kimmy says Graham's mixed with a uh, lab. He sheds like crazy every day, 24 seven, 365 labs are also a little psycho. And Pam says, yep, they shed terrible. And Carolyn says Roma is perfect, right? Um, Carolyn, we've got been getting people asking if you're going to uh, keep her Instagram updated. So if you want to send me pictures, I can do it. If you want to put it up, I sent you the login stuff. And if you need it again, I can resend it. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's what we talk about. Uh, um, you know, breed wise. Now, if you're like, well, I want a, I told you like the Akita. I want a, a weird, a Peruvian mountain dog hairless. Why? Why do you want this? Yeah, the weird breeds can be service dogs like Marvel. Um, Marvel is a German Shorthaired Pointer. He's not a breed I usually recommend for service dog work because they're usually a little bit high drive, high energy. 
but Marble is pretty laid back. His owner did a lot of research and picking him and picking his breeder and everything else. I think Marble's going to be a fantastic service dog for her. Um, but that doesn't mean that because Marvel's a service dog and he's a German short-haired pointer that I'm recommending German short-haired pointers as service dogs because we've had them in before and they're, they're a little psycho too. Um, and you will get rude people. Yep. And Caroline has it and she will update Instagram. Yay. Thank you. Um, okay. Next question we got guys. So that's how we get started is deciding if you really, really, really want it. Listening to the podcast, you can go back and listen to all of them. Um, cause they're amazing and they're fantastic. We have a lot of information because it is a lot of work. I mean, it's at least, if you get the eight week old puppy, it's at least a year before the puppy's really doing well. I mean, sometimes 10 months old and they're doing pretty decent, um, service dog wise. Um, but you know, you have to count it's still going to take a year to two of training, you know, depending on what it is that you're training, depending on how reliable they are. And before then they're, they're puppies, you know, and you've got to understand that there are puppies. Um, even Roma, as amazing as she is, because she is freaking amazing. I mean, she's only seven months old. So, like, I hadn't done a lot of task work stuff with her. Like, she knows touch. Um, she knows her basics. When we were actually doing her public access test last week with her before Carolyn came down, she went down out in public. Well, remember, I wanted her for mobility. I didn't have her down out in public, you know, except for at a restaurant underneath the table. But we're in the middle of Walmart aisle and I'm trying to get her to down and she's not downing. And I'm like, well, I never asked her to because I didn't really want her to. So, you know, there's things like that that come up. You know, a lot of times that comes up um, that, you know, <laughs> you know, or like arrow, I taught him sitting down. So like we're at Disney in line and he downs. Then the line moves forward one step. We move one step. He moves one step and he downs. And he doesn't have that auto stand. So I wanted to make sure Roma did and I succeeded. Um, but there's things like that that you guys have to keep in mind. So Thomas says, hair and more hair, Goldens and Labs too. Yep. And Joyce says, Willow's grandma says, hi, hey guys. I just messaged Katie. Um, Michelle says, I have no problems with shedding. I just had an issue with the length I had an Akita mix. And Joyce says, you can stuff a pillow daily with Willow's hair, but it's absolutely worth that. Yep. So for Gypsy, we use, um, what shampoo do we use? It's from Young Living. It's their dog shampoo, their animal sense shampoo. I love that. That really seems to be working well. Um, we don't get a ton of shedding. I brush them. I have a slicker brush. So I brush um, Gypsy. Um, usually um, Arrow, we have like a curry. So it's like a little nubbin. Uh, and he loves that. He wants brushed all the time because it feels really, really good. And Thomas says, thanks for the live feed. My pup is four years old. My wife and I were just talking about owner training my next dog. Yeah. You know, people who get a start with having a dog, working with an organization, working with a trainer, you know, it makes it easier for the next one. I always recommend working with a trainer because I know whenever I was picking out Gypsy, I was like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? We got Rem. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? But having Rich there made it a lot easier. You know, and then of course, once we get it and we got started with it, it was a lot easier. But it does. It makes it a lot easier to have somebody that you can talk to having that support group. Um, okay. And Anjanette says it's absolutely wonderful. That's what I use. Right. Oh, the shampoo, right? It not only smells good, but it takes care of like everything. <laughs> so check it out. And you cannot order it on Amazon. You have to order it from Young Living itself. Um, or from somebody who is with Young Living. And if you are looking at Young Living, my number is 4004137. If you put that in there, I send you stuff. 
Okay, got, well, someone posted in our group today, in our How to Train Your Service Talk Facebook group. Basically how it goes is they were at a doctor's office with their service dog in training and somebody walked in and it startled the dog and he barked. And so she took him outside to get him to chill out and calm down and, and he did after a while. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on service dogs out at a doctor's office or whatever and barks? Now, if they're young, eh, that can happen. You know, you have to show them what to do, but you need to be on top of it. So first you need to look out why is the dog barking? The dog barked because, you know, he was asleep and he wasn't paying attention and it just happened. Could be. The dog barked because he wanted to kill the person coming in. Did the dog bark because um, he sensed something was going on with you and he was trying to alert? You know, so first you need to look out why the dog barked. And then you need to work on stopping it. So the dog barked because somebody came in um, to the room and startled him? No. And it, what type of bark was it? Was it just a bark? Was it a bark? Was it a Right? Like, what type of bark was it? If it was just a one, like, what was that? It's a different story than if it's, you know, like, I'm going to kill you. Um, so you've got to keep that in mind as well. So if you are out and something like that happens, you have to address it. You can't just, oh, it'll be okay. Like that's something that can wash out a service dog. You don't want that to happen. Um, but like I said, first you have to figure out why the dog barked at you. Okay. Next question we got in is, can you guys do do's and don'ts and things that we should focus on because the, uh, their service dog is flying with them in December to come home? For example, does he get patted down? Can we use e-collar? What is going on? So here is how you fly with the service dog. Now we have a whole podcast on it too in case I do miss anything. Um, we've flown with, I flew with um, Zoe years ago and I've flown, flown with Arrow so many times. I have not flown with Gypsy and I, I didn't fly with Rama because I didn't have any fights planned this past year. It's been really nice. Um, but, well, no, actually I did fly with Gypsy when we first got her. So Gypsy's been up in the air. But, um, but what do you do? How do you do this? So for normal service dogs, like I'm not going to talk Gypsy because she was a puppy when we flew. She was, you know, eight weeks old and in a carrier. Um, so with, with normal service dogs, because it has to be a service dog. Service dogs in training are allowed to fly under certain circumstances. Um, it's okay. Like we flew with Frontier and it was okay to fly with certified service dog trainers or certified trainers who train service dogs, which Rich and I both are. So they let us fly with her at no cost. Plus we flew with Arrow that trip home. But usually what happens is when we go and check in and drop off our luggage, you know, they look, oh, is that a service dog? Yes, that's a service dog. Sometimes I'll ask the two questions. The two questions, is that a service dog required because of a disability? What task or tasks has he been trained to do? Or what task or work has he been trained to do? So, you know, you, you tell them and, and then they're like, okay, you can go head through. So then you walk over and you have to go through TSA next. So when you get to TSA, there's two lines. And you might not realize that there's two lines, but there are. So there's the normal people line and there is the wheelchair line. With the service dog, you get to go through the wheelchair line, okay? So if you're confused and you don't know where to go, just ask a TSA agent up there and they will direct you on where to go. So you will go to the wheelchair line, which sometimes it mostly is shorter, but sometimes it's longer. And there is one line instead of like eight. So you go there. Um, your whole party too, not just you, but your whole party goes to the wheelchair line, okay? 
So you go there, you, what I do with Arrow or with any dog that I have is I take off their vest. I take off any training collars and what I leave on is a soft slip leave. So you can get them from Mendota. Um, you can get one of ours, you know, where it's mostly just the soft fabric. Um, you can do a prong collar that will set off the metal detector and then they're going to have to like swab it and like touch it and everything. And I don't want people touching my dog whenever I'm out in public. You know, all the training that we do with them is people don't come up and grope you. And here you're like, mm, it's okay if TSA comes up and gropes your dog. No, it's not. So I don't like groping up my dog. So I will take off his vest. Um, I usually don't have booties on them when we fly because why? Um, but I would take off booties. I take off vest. I take off the collar, the training collar, e-collar, anything like that. Just leave a slip lead. So you should have a carry-on bag. So like the front pocket, I might have the slip lead. And I put it in the thing that the little bucket that goes through the conveyor belt, right? So all that stuff's there. I go through the the normal metal detector, right? I don't go through the one where you have to put your arms out to your side and it goes around and scans you. I've never done that because right? I always fly with service dogs and they don't do that one. So I have never been in the Scantron one. I've only just been through the metal detector one. And we practice this every time we go to Disney too with them. Well, not every time, but most every time. So if you're like, I need to go to Disney so I can practice to get on an airplane. Yes, you do. And it's super fun. So um, you put your dog in a sit stay or down stay and you walk through the metal detector and then they'll tell you, call your dog through and then you call and your dog comes through. Okay. Um, you hold on to your dog. Of course, you don't let go of the leash the entire time. And then they're going to come over and they're going to swab your hands. I don't know, check for explosives or something. It's kind of silly, but because you touch the dog and you touch metal or whatever, like they have to swab your hands. So they swab your hand and you have to wait like five, 10, 30 seconds, five hours, like however long it is. And they're like, oh, you're good. And during all this time, the conveyor belt's going through with your dog's equipment in it. Maybe the prong collar, maybe the e-collar. You know, you can fly. I have flown with both of them, you know, in my carry-on or on the dog even, and it's not an issue. So... They never even once asked me. I mean, the prong collar looks like, you know, that could be like a dangerous weapon. Yeah, they know it's a dog thing. So when it comes through and you can put your shoes back on and grab your bag, you put your dog's vest back on, uh, you know, you put his collar back on and you go to the gate. Now, if you have to go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom. If your dog has to go to the bathroom, now that you've crossed TSA, you do not want to cross back. If you have to cross back to potty your dog, you have to go through that all over again. So a lot of... Um, airports have dog potty areas, okay? Some of them are in front of TSA, some of them are behind TSA. So you want to Google it first. So say you're flying into Orlando, you want to look Orlando Airport MCO, which is the code if that's if it's the big one that you're flying into. And then you want to look at, you know, um, service dog bathroom potty areas, service dog relief areas. You know, sometimes, um, whereas I think it's the St. Louis one, they have a really nice one indoors there. So, you know, we take them there. I mean, I had Gypsy at the Atlanta one, you know, indoors whenever we first got her. She wasn't even fully vaccinated, but that's, you know, where we hung out. We not like the whole time, but like we made a lot of pit stops in there so she can go potty before we flew because I didn't want her to have accident up in the plane. And that was a short trip still, you know, and she had a pee pad at the bottom of her, her, car her, um, her little house that she was in, her soft-sided crate. Um, so you, you wait, you go, like I said, potty your dog, potty yourself. Now, some people will pee pad train their service dog just in case you're out like that. You can put a pee pad down and have your dog pee on it. 
whatever works for you, you know? Um, so you, you let the gate attendant know that you're traveling on flight whatever to wherever with your service dog. And usually they remember, sometimes they don't. So whenever it starts boarding, okay, when the plane starts to board, and they say, any passengers who require um, special assistance, maybe have a little more wait time, or are traveling with small children, now is the time to board. That means you and your party. So you board at that time, you board early. And um, the wheelchair people get on, you get on, the ones with the little kids get on. You get on, you stash your stuff, and you get your dog under. Now, I like, if I have my choice, I want to travel bulkhead. Here's the problem. Fat people also like to travel bulkhead, okay? Sometimes there's not a whole bunch of room. Sometimes it's already booked up. Now, as a service dog, sometimes they will boot, you, boot them to give you the room. Sometimes they won't. Personally, I like bulkhead, but if I had my choice, I want an empty row. So if they tell me I can put you in bulkhead or I can put you in the last row, but the last row will be all yours with nobody else, I am going to take the last row with all mine with nobody else. Not because I'm antisocial, but because it gives my dog a little more room to stretch out. Okay. And then I can sleep a little better too. Uh, so we, we tuck the dog under. You cannot be in an exit row, um, you know, an emergency exit row. You, that's the one place you cannot be. Um, the dog has to fit at your feet. Um, he cannot encroach on the neighbor's side. Um, now, I do ask if it's just me. If it's me, Rich, and Luke traveling, it's a lot easier because whatever dog I have, which has been Arrow, you know, can stretch out a little bit more. But if not, say I'm traveling and there's a stranger beside me, now you can travel aisle, window, or middle seat. It doesn't matter, whatever you want. If you're going to load early, you might want to get the window seat just because then your dog can go and tuck and you don't have to get in and out or have people step over your dog. Okay. Um, I guess Southwest, I've never ever flown Southwest, ever. Um, but I guess, you know, for there, they don't assign seats. You just kind of like mad rush on board and, and pick your spot. But you still get to board early with the service dog. So you get to, you know, choose prime spot and what you want. Especially if you're not in a wheelchair and you can book it down the ramp right now. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Book it down the ramp, guys. So uh, so, so you get situated. Um, once, once the dog's tucked under, um, how to prepare for that is whenever you have, when you're driving in the car and somebody's driving and you're a riding passenger, ride shotgun, right? Get the dog to curl up at your feet and pull the chair up as front as you can eventually. So the dog learns to just curl up. You can also use a 22 by 22 place board. We get them from four legs, four pets. That's the number four legs and the number four pets.com. Um, the 22 by 22 is great for pretty much any size dog to learn to curl up. You know, depending on how big your dog's getting, you might be looking at a 22 by 30 or a 30 by 30, but it is good to teach them how to curl up. And as everyone else boards, now they just saw your dog up there waiting, right? Everyone boards, they forget that you had a dog because everyone's, you know, self-absorbed, which is fine. And then whenever you get off the plane and you go down to pick up your luggage, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was a dog on board. And that's when you know you've done your job well. Uh, now, what happens if you're traveling alone? And you have to use the bathroom. Now, this has happened to me once. We were up in the air, and I had to use the restroom. And, well, actually, this happened a couple times. One, the restroom was big enough that I can get the dog in with me, so that wasn't an issue. I just brought him in with me, and we were good to go. But another time, that wasn't. So I asked one of the, you're not supposed to call them stewardess, hostesses? I don't know. The airline people who fly and give you peanuts. 
Um, I asked if she could hold onto Arrow's leash and she said, sure, not a problem. So I put him in a downstay. I went to the bathroom. I came back out and it was all good. Um, I've heard some of them refuse to do that. Um, so for that, you might want to ask, you know, the person sitting beside you, you know, but for that, you really need to have a really good downstay. Even if you're like, I can hold it. We're just up in the air for two hours. You know, like if you really have to go, you really have to go. So you need to practice that downstay, that really good downstay. And actually, that's one thing I need to work on with Gypsy is a really good downstay too. Um, and so, like I said, you get there and you pick up your luggage and you're good to go. On the airport transport, okay, so like Orlando here, they have this shuttle. Not a problem with the dogs. Um, some of them have moving walkways. Not a problem with the dogs. Escalators versus elevators. Some people are adamant and they will not do an escalator with their dog. Um, in some airports, I don't like the escalator, like Atlanta Airport sends me into panic mode because of how steep and how long their escalator is. It's like three stories, really steep stairway to heaven. I don't like going on that one. So I do elevators. Any place that has an escalator should have elevators. Sometimes things are broken though. So I do work with the dogs as long as their nails are big enough to not get caught in the grooves and um, they don't have fluff on their feet. So like Gypsy, I keep her um, between the pads shaved. So the first time I have not done an escalator with her yet. I've done an inclined moving walkway that I have not done an escalator. But what I'll probably do is um, do them with booties on. And then um, the other thing I could always do is if I have Rich with, with us is send him down the stairs with her and I take the escalator. I can't do stairs well. My knee bothers me. So I usually don't do stairs well. Um, but yeah, that's quite a bit of info there on um, moving walkways and escalators and traveling with your dog and how do you fly with your dog, especially with the holidays coming up. Um, watch out for some of the little dogs and baby strollers at Walmart when they're barking at your service dog, Thomas says, yeah. Kimmy says, we finally have crams barking under control. He just likes the sound of his voice, but we worked with it, right? And looking, Terry says she's looking for a replacement camper. She needs to get down here to practice at Disney. That would be nice. I'd like that. Thomas says, funny you say that. TSA will ask me if my service dog will walk through the metal detector. He asks, will he stay in a stand? I say, yes. He says, can you put him in a stay and walk through, then call your dog through? Um, you just said this. Also, don't forget to ask ahead of time for extra foot room uh, for your service dog ahead of time. They will not charge for this. So we had to fly from Orlando to Salt Lake City last year. And we were traveling with two service dogs, two of us with two service dogs. And we booked the normal seats, like the El Chipa seats, right? And I called up the time we were traveling with service dogs, and they moved us to collect Comfort Plus, right? Which was nice. It was a little more legroom. It wasn't first class, but it was the next one up. And then they changed the dates on when we had to go. So that means we had to call up and reschedule them. So we had to pay for the Comfort Plus one because of that. And I was like, man. But I had also called. This was Delta. I had called them up because you're supposed to be able to travel. If you have, like, a luggage for your service dog, and it's just for your service dog, so maybe the food's in it, equipment's in it, whatever, you're taking a, a crate, whatever, you're supposed to travel with that at no extra cost, and since we were going with two service dogs, I'm like, I can put together a suitcase just for the service dogs if they'll check it or let us carry it on extra, and so I called up Delta to verify, it, and they said no. They said um, absolutely not. You can pack an extra luggage, and you will be charged for it, and I said, well, hold on. They're medical equipment. So if I wanted to carry on a couple extra oxygen tanks, you would charge me for it. And she says, yes, most certainly we would charge you for it. So Delta was the only one really that flew from Orlando to Salt Lake City in one fell swoop. But I did not like that. I thought that was really rude. 
Um, and for arrow, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just send him through naked, put him in a downstay, go over, get the stuff, and he's all good because, like, we show off a little bit. But I don't tell people to do that. And Jeanette says, Baltimore now does have a dog relief in the gate areas. Good. And Southwest will accommodate you in the front and board you first. Plus, you can purchase a ticket for the dog to have a seat. And when you land, call them, and they will reimburse you. I've flown, flown 14 times with Grace, and Grace is her service dog. So with Southwest, guys, you heard that from Ann Jeanette. You can purchase a ticket for the dog to have a seat, so then you don't have somebody right beside you. Your dog has some room. Now, your dog can't sit in the seat. They're just on the floor. Um, and when you land, call them and get that reimbursed. Flight attendant. There we go. Thank you, Ann Jeanette. Um, Thomas says, the bathroom was a problem for me. I had one person to watch him, and I went to the bathroom. They said he did move from the floor um, downstay. Correction. Oh, he was great. I'm sorry. Yep. He did not move from his downstay. And Michelle says she needs to work on downstay with Oliver, and she's terrified of escalators. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I... Okay, you want to know something weird about me? I'm a little sketchy with elevators. Whenever I was at college, I went to, I was in Memphis, Wisconsin, going to UW-Waukesha and then UW-Milwaukee. And Milwaukee was in an old building. And of course they had the elevators and, yeah, and stairs. But like I said, my knee and stairs doesn't always go, go well together. So I'd have to wait for these elevators. Sometimes the elevator wouldn't match up, you know? So it was like a little step down to get into the elevator. And it's one of those like nightmare things, like whenever you're like talking and you're naked or like you're talking and all your teeth start coming out. Like I have nightmares that I'm waiting for the elevator and it doesn't match up right. And like you have to like crawl through it to get in or out of it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, elevators can be a little bit hinky for me. Or if you're on like the 20th floor, you know, in a hotel and you have to elevator all the way down. Ugh. You know, like I like first floor so I don't have to deal with elevators, um, but I'll do them. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I totally get that. I absolutely can't get into a glass elevator. Mary says, right. I go in and I'm like, okay, that's nice. I'm going to face the doors. But if I see all that stuff, you know, sometimes the glass, you know, as it's coming up, you can kind of see like, here's the gears and here's, <laughs> um, Thomas says, thank you for your great live feed. Take care and have a great night. Thank you, Thomas. You too. I did have, and let me know guys, what questions you guys have. Um, I did have a question. Um, from another one of my peoples and it has to do with, um, food and training. Okay. So she was saying that her dog's been throwing up and excuse me. Um, her dog's been throwing up with, um, with eating the food. So she's feeding the dog three times a day. Um, the dog was on a weird food when she first got him. So she switched him over and, and got that. And now the dog's, like I said, the dog's still throwing up. So they've been trying the different treats and the vet says, mm, maybe you shouldn't use treats. Like, let's just use the food and only eat the food. Now, a lot of vets want to say that and, and have you try to do that. But the problem is having a diet where you only eat one thing can cause a lot of problems. Now, I am not a nutritionist. Okay, first of all. But like Arrow couldn't used to eat chicken because he, um, he'd get real farty. So um, we tried everything. We tried all different types of diet and food. And as a service dog, he should not be farty. And it was so disgusting. So what, um, what we've actually been using, he's been getting chicken. And he hasn't been farty because we've been using WinPro um, supplements. Okay. 
So the WinPro supplement, um, they have one for immunity, which covers the tummy issues. They also have one for allergy, which we're starting to use with Chance and Marvel, um, just for skin issues, you know, just to see how it does with them. And we have one called Focus um, that we're using with Remy and with Huff. Um, I'm using Mobility with Gypsy. And Zoe, I'm using Training with Gypsy, and I'm using Immunity with Arrow, you know, for the fartiness. So they have, I think, like five different things. I do have a code, guys. My code is DREAMK9, letter K, number nine. And that gets you, I want to say 15% off of your order. And it's WinPro, I think, dog. Look up WinPro dog supplement. And you can see what it is. Um, so you can try something like that with the dog who's throwing up. Um, Chance, when we first got him, that's what his owners were saying, is he'll eat and then he'll throw up like some foam. Um, sometimes people will tell you that's bile and they throw it up like little dogs will do it too. Um, and, and they'll throw up the bile because their stomach's empty and that stomach acid coming up. I don't know how true that is um, because the little dog that I'm talking about eats three times a day. So she shouldn't have her stomach being all, all empty like that, especially on kibble. Kibble takes how long to digest? I want to say at least 18 hours to digest, you know, through. So the, the dog's stomach's not empty. And I don't like that people don't give their dogs people food. And I get that a lot from people that I'm not giving my dog people food. I'm like, why not? Like I give gypsy fruit and vegetables all the time. You know, they get leftover meat stuff. Now I'm not going to give them like chocolate cake and donuts. Um, but they're going to get, you know, yogurt. They're going to get, um, I was making my salad today. I gave them some salad. I gave them some cucumber. Um, I didn't give them ranch. I didn't give them, um, the sunflower kernels, but I gave them cucumber and lettuce. I had chicken, um, you know, big chicken that I was on the um, chicken legs and I was peeling the extra meat off of it um, for the salad. So I give them some of the skin because once it's not crispy anymore, I don't want to eat the skin. Uh, you know, so, so they were getting out. So they get people food like gypsies absolute favorite, I think is bananas. <laughs> so she loves bananas. Uh, so when we have bananas that are going bad, we'll put one half of a banana can fit in a Kong real nice and give it to her. And that's a great treat. You can also stick it in the freezer and give her a frozen Nano Kong. And they love it. And it's giving your dog people food, but it's giving your dog healthy, good people food. It's not saying like, here's a Burger King Whopper, you know, here's um, Dunkin' Donuts Munchkins. Here's, um, you know, pizza crust all the time, you know, refined stuff. Here's breadcrumbs. But you can give your dog fruit, veg, meat, you know, it's good. I'm not going to give my dog like a whole bunch of fat from the, from, you know, whenever I baked a roast, I might not say like, here's all the fat in one fell swoop, but I could say like, I'm going to put some fat on everybody's food. So they all like it. Cause I'm going to eat the extra fat too. Um, yeah, nope. I can do it with much better. I need to see if WinPro is cheaper for allergy stuff than I get now. Thanks for the code. Can you post it to the group or send it to me? I can, um, post it on the yeah. webinar here. Um, it's like I said, it's Dream K9, the letter K, the number nine. Their stuff, I want to say, is about $30 a month is what it works out to. So one bag has 60 in there and they get two a day for the WinPro. Um, so that's 30. So you get the 15% off. Then they also have buckets and pails or like a six pack of bags. And so that'll last you a good long time. So it's like basically a buck a day. And that's the most expensive. Um, Michelle says, I should try that with Oliver. He's gassing. He has an upset tummy and he likes baby spinach. And Mary says, Wolfgar will do anything for a banana. Oh my gosh, the first time I had a banana and I went and sat down and Gypsy was right in front of me. Like so excited. Like, I love you. I love you. That looks like me and I so want to eat it. And I'm like, 
what is it? And she kind of like jumped up into my lap halfway. And she's like, can I totally have a bite? I'm like, you don't want this. It's a banana. I said, here, you want a banana? And she got a bite of it. And she was so excited. She's so weird. Um, and Jeanette says frozen carrots are great. Yep. Um, Carolyn says a rare puppuccino. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Arrow loves his puppuccinos. Yeah. And Mary says much better price then. Good, 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 good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so yeah, so I do like, I'm, I'm finding and it. This is how that got me. So we were at the conference this year, the IACP conference and they had a WinPro had a booth set up and he says, have you heard of our blood protein supplement? I'm like, it's a what now? He's like blood protein. And, and so check out, they've got a bunch of information up on their site. I'm very happy with the results so far. Um, we had got some calming treats before because the focus works to like calm them, but not tire them. Okay. And these, these, um, they were from Chewy and it was like Dr. Lyons with like a Y, Dr. Lyons. And it's not like cat pee. I'm like, this is the grossest thing ever. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, the wind pro I'm really liking. So, um, and I like supplementing with people foods. So like we have salad that we were optimistic when we bought it. And I'm still like learning to really like salad and eat a lot of it because I kind of get filled up on salad, um, which is the idea. But, uh, but we have some, so, uh, if it's starting to go bad, I will put it in the food processor and blend it up and put it into um, ice cubes in the freezer for gypsy. And then we put an ice cube of mashed up food processed salad into her food at night okay so just like little things like that can work um sometimes it's the timing sometimes it is but you know i've also had people tell me that their dog has to eat this food from um made out of kangaroo like your dog probably doesn't need to eat like a bag of dried kibble made with kangaroo you know or do like these single food only things and i'm like what all have you tried you know like what food have you tried um, how have you tried using it? So if you want to train with treats, you can. If you want to train with just using their food, you can. Like, I'm not saying you must train with treats whenever we work together. Um, you know, we were actually totally unrelated. Um, Rich and I, whenever we were training, who are we? I'm um, Huff and Remy this morning. We were using their breakfast. Because Chance gets Parmesan on his and Marvel gets stuff with his. But Remy and, um, and um, Huff ate just plain kibble. So we just took it out there and, and that's what we used. And when we were done, we just gave them the bowl to finish off. Um, you can, it does take longer. They do have to have more water breaks because it's not a moist treat that just goes boom and it's gone. Um, so that's something to remember as well, guys. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's different. So, you know, try it, see what it is, see what treats you have. Some of them have different things in them here. This, um, the tricky treat, chewy liver has chicken liver, barley flour, potato flour, maple syrup, glycerin, tapioca starch, natural flavor, gelatin, salt, phosphoric acid, sorbic acid as preservatives, um, citric acid mixed ta taco furrows as a preservative, and rosemary extract. Okay? So say your dog has a problem with chicken, this ain't good for him because it has chicken in it, even though it's liver flavored. I also have right here in front of me these Power Bites by Merrick, Real beef recipe. What does it have? Deboned beef, potatoes, peas, pea, uh, potato protein, potato starch, organic cane molasses, vegetable glycerin, brown sugar, dried cultured whey, sunflower lectin, gelatin, flaxseed, pea fiber, safflower oil, preserved with mixed taco furrows, um, citric acid, a preservative, salt, potassium chloride, natural smoke flavor, carrots, apples, blueberries, and rosemary extract. 
So you've already got two different types of sugar. You have the organic cane molasses and the brown sugar. Like, why do why are we feeding dogs treats with sugar in them? So one of the things that we've done in the past is gone to the, the one of the pet stores and looked at all the treats and tried to find them without sugar in them. And guess what? There's very few treats that don't have sugar of some sort in them. Just like with people, right? Everything has sugar in it. But it's something that if you're, if you are doing a, let's see how it goes, let's see what happens on beef, well, then you have to make sure that everything is beef. Um, a salmon is usually pretty good, especially here in Florida, because it's a cooling and, you know, Florida's hot. Um, turkey is different from chicken. Turkey is cooling as well, I want to say, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, you can always go raw, and we're actually possibly next week going to be talking about raw versus kibble and some more stuff on food next week. Um, but, you know, sometimes it is, you know, the supplement, sometimes it is, you know, when you decide to feed, you know, what time of day, um, if you're going to skip a meal or not, you know, what's going on. Um, if they have diarrhea, what are you going to do about it? You know, when Marvel first came in, he had explosive diarrhea. Um, so he got, we fasted him for a day to get that all out of his system because it needed to get out of his system because it was coming out anyway. Um, Michelle says the higher the protein for Oliver, the runnier his stools are and the less he will eat. Yep. Um, Melissa found it good. We were just talking about food stuff, Melissa. Um, Carolyn says, I also use the Bill Jack frozen food as treats because they're soft and most dogs love them. Also cheap, $8 for five pounds, I think. I remember when Romeo came down and you had that, and I haven't been able to find that down here because mine all love that. Everybody loved that Bill Jack frozen food. Uh, when we first got Gypsy, we, I don't remember what we got for her. I think it was the Four Health Puppy. But I also got Origin that I was using as her training treats. So I had Origin kibble, um, and that was her training treats. But like for normal food, she was eating um, the, you know, the puppy food. So like puppies, I feed twice a day um, in the morning and at night. Uh, once they hit about a year-ish, um, I just go down to once a day usually. But then you know, depending on the dog, we still have a training session or two. Um, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll get their bowl of food and like I'll work with her. Now, here's the problem with using kibble as training rewards is they coat the kibble with the vitamins and stuff afterwards. So if you're going to put it in your treat pouch, it's going to be gross. So if you're going to put it in your treat pouch, put it in a Ziploc baggie so you can curl it over so you don't make it disgusting, right? Um, but I've also started doing that with the soft treats too because if not, the soft treats will get hard if you don't dump them back into the bag and zipper them up. You don't want that to happen. Soft treats are soft and they're good for a reason. So that's how we've started doing with it. So, you know, you just want to protect your tree pouch. Yeah, you can throw it through the wash, but it's gross. And then the thing with the kibble too is it gets all over your hands. You get that powdery crap everywhere and it's disgusting. So that's one of the reasons why I don't like to use the dry food as training um, is it just the powder crap gets everywhere and it's gross. Um, but, but we would, you know, and it's good for flinging. Now it doesn't go as fast because they have to chomp, 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 chomp it all up. But, um, but it does go, which is nice. Publix in the frozen food section, also yogurt treats. Ooh, I will have to check that out then, Carolyn. Thank you. Because, um, yeah, I don't usually look at dog stuff in public, so that's perfect. Um, and then, yeah, the yogurt treats, that would be fun. They would like that. What questions do you guys have for me? We've had a busy, busy day, and um, some stuff tomorrow. Ooh. We might, I think I might be able to talk Rich into doing Disney tomorrow or Friday night. 
because we have to go this week so we can get our fourth visit to Epcot so we can get our cutting boards <laughs> as pass holders. Well, that'll be my fifth, but he wasn't with me for the fourth one. Um, Christina says she uses dehydrated beef liver. So I used to get like the um, lamb lung, the beef liver, you know, and you either like tear it apart or you have to sit and cut it apart. And then it gets really to be a pain in the butt. And whenever I was just doing like one dog, it's not a big deal. But with as many treats as we go through, like I should just buy a bag of kibble and say, here, this is the food. Or like, I'm just going to use the kibble for it. But that, you know, like it helps to have the soft treats. Like I like it. I like buying the soft treats, which is like, yeah, but if it's cheaper. Melissa says she needs her cutting board too. Go Friday, right? If we go Friday, I won't be until evening because we're getting the cars detailed and we have clients in the morning. Um, so it'd be like afternoon, evening time. Um, Stephanie says, I've been using chicken liver, but that's getting up expensive the way my girls eat it. Yeah, so we used to do, we actually used to also buy liver, boil it, and then bake it. And guess what happens? Your house stinks to high heaven. It smells like liver. Go figure. And I didn't like that. And then you have to wait for it to cool, and then you have to use either a knife or, you know, a pizza cutter and cut it into little tiny pieces and stick it in the freezer. I mean, you can get a hot dog and you can quarter it and then you can coin it. And one hot dog can give you like a hundred treats. But again, it's slimy and gross and I don't like it. So I'm kind of liking like these things, these Merrick, you know, the Merrick Power Bites. They're in these little cute star shapes. Well, they're not little, they're huge. And the problem is Merrick's not the cheapest. So I will break them up whenever we're working with the dogs. So it slows me down and it slows them down a little bit using it. So I'll use that for my dogs. Um, just like normal training and stuff. I like these ones. Now the size of it is probably the size, maybe a little bigger than an eraser on a pencil, but they can just boom them down and they get to treat the taste for it. Now some dogs are picky. Some dogs are like, oh, I like this one. Some dogs are like, I'm not eating that one. So, you, you know, it is nice to play around with different things and try them out and see what works. And yeah, Stephanie says she still hasn't found the soft treats that Ella will take. And Mary says, I use frozen raw chicken feet for lengthening stay in the summertime with all the high heat. Um, Christina says, I wish I lived in Florida so I could frequent Disney, although my pots would be awful. Yeah, that's why we go in the evenings usually. Um, or whenever, you know, it's cooler outside. I still like to go in the summer, but we have to just go for just a couple hours at a time, which is one of the reasons why we moved here. It's only about 45 minutes from Disney right now, 45 minutes to an hour. So it's not bad. Susan says, that's why I do freeze-dried liver. Yeah, yeah. And Michelle says, nuke the hot dogs in the microwave. Yeah, we've done it before where we've coined it and halved it, or halved it and coined it and nuke them, um, and get them where they're like hot dog jerky. And Terry says, with soft treats, I use scissors and cut them, even Zook's minis. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'll sit there and I'll break them. If I had a little cutting board from Disney, I'd totally sit while I'm watching TV at night and cut treats. No, I wouldn't use my Disney cutting board for that, but I probably would. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we'll sometimes sit and do that. And that's actually a good idea to just sit and do that with them. And then bang, they're all done. Thank you guys. Um, but yeah, you know, it all depends. It depends on the dog. It depends on what they like. I mean, if you want to just go with the kibble stuff and see how it goes, that's great. Not a problem. Um, and that's, you know, personally, I was telling you at the beginning of this, I'm doing the Whole30, which is supposed to be not necessarily a diet, but a reboot to get you off of sugar addiction, just for people, and to um, get rid of inflammatory foods. So, like, there's no dairy, um, sugar, fake sugars, um, peanuts, none of that, uh, but or no alcohol either. 
which isn't a huge deal. Um, but what you can't eat is you can eat meat, fruit, veg, and real food, right? How nice is that? You know how hard it is to find just real food? Um, anyway, so, um, you know, with no butter, no sour cream, no cheese, I assume some of the dogs are going to be that way too, where they need like a reboot for their system. So with Whole30, it's 30 days of eating this way. And then what you do is you gradually introduce the food back. So um, like after the 30 days, you introduce, I don't know, say sugar. I don't know what order they have it in. So you introduce sugar and that's, that's all you introduce for the three days. And you kind of see like, okay, how do you feel? Are you more sluggish? Are you less sluggish? Are you sleepy? Are you... Um, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, do you have headaches? You know, tell me what's going on here that we've introduced sugar. Okay, now that that, now we introduce the next thing. Okay? Uh, we were doing all these. And Anjanette says, I use hickory smoke pill pockets and reward tiny pieces. Oh, that's smart, yeah. And the pick won't come through. If the pick doesn't come through, it's okay. Um, if you can hear me, that works out too. And then... Um, Tomorrow usually is whenever I upload this up onto our podcast. Um, you know, so usually we go live on Tuesday night and then Wednesday we, we go live with the podcast. So you'll, you'll get to hear it um, then as well. And it was about 40 minutes in that we started talking about the food and all. Um, now, guys, I know you guys are going to remember this more than me because there's been a lot going on lately. Um, was Taste of the Wild, was there just like a recall thing on that or like they were finding that they were using stuff in there that they shouldn't have? So I thought I remember that, but I don't, I don't know. Everything's weird. Um, yeah, we are starting all kibble for a week. And if there's no vomit, then add one treat. Yeah, I think that's good. And if there is still, you can try a different type of kibble and see how she does on that. Um, you know, and just, just take it from there. I mean, if you need to go raw, you know, that's what we're going to hopefully be talking about next week is how to do a raw diet with your dog and the difference between raw and home cooked and kibble and there's a lot of stuff going on i had to do that with sam susan says that's why he's on the hills rx diet so yeah melissa that might be a thing too melissa says oh god i hope not taste of the wild and terry says just read that terry do you have a link for that or can you find i can't it's hard for me to find things whenever i'm talking here but um <laughs> i just got a spam text I would like to know if you're available for dogs training at your academy and do you accept credit cards? That sounds legit. Um, but yeah, Terry, if you can find, if, if you know of anything about that, let me know and post it. And that's a problem is a lot of times with the kibbles, everything is going to have a recall eventually. And it gets to be a pain in the butt to deal with. You know, there was that one summer a few years ago where like everything was recalled. And what do you feed your dog? You know, well, if you have a cow out in the pasture, that's what your, your dog's going to eat. And Gypsy, her first year, she was on raw. She was getting about a pound of hamburger a day from my cow, like expensive good hamburger, along with fruit and vegetables and supplement and oatmeal. And, you know, we'll tell you about it next week. Um, Arrow, Gypsy, Zoe, everyone's been on it. Oh, uh, here, Carolyn says, I think it's contaminated with something, lead or arsenic or something, in addition to the drug used in euthanasia. So, yeah, Melissa, um, Google search it. Google search Taste of the Wild Recall, you know, 2018 or any of that contaminated lead, arsenic, euthanasia. See what's going on with it. I don't want to scare you. Um, Christina says, I tried around, loved it for my dogs, but couldn't physically keep up with the prep. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't do it. Especially, I mean, we're still, we're, you know, down to four dogs. So it can be really expensive to do all four of them. So that's why we were just doing Gypsy this time. 
but it's still so much work. Even if you're like, ah, you know, I've got the stuff in there. So basically what it is is, well, I'll tell you about it next week. But with the ground beef packs, we got, it's a two pound ground beef pack. So basically if she's getting a pound a day, she, one pack lasts two days. So like we could take a few days and put them in like a Tupperware thing along with some vegetables and, you know, whatever. But like I said, it just got to be more trouble than it was worth. Um, and a lot of times when you do raw, your doggy is better than you and that shouldn't be happening. You know, uh, I think there is Stephanie. She said, I missed something. Is there something going on with Taste of the Wild Food? Um, Google it. I think I remember seeing stuff on it on Facebook because that's where I get my news. So you can check Facebook. And I can't do it when I'm doing this. It's a pain for me to try to do that. Um, And I try not to because then I'm like off in la-la land. And you're like, that's just rude. Okay. Um, I can't physically do raw or afford it for all of mine. Yep. Um, Carolyn says my dogs were on it forever until they raised prices. Ava died of autoimmune disease and it makes me wonder. Oh, the taste of the wild, Carolyn. Oh. And that's, I mean, really, and again, we'll talk more next week, but you can't win. You realize that, right? If you feed your dog raw food, are you feeding organic? Are you feeding like farm raised? Well, the farm raised cow, did he eat grain or was he just on grass? Well, if you're talking Florida, which is where I live, Florida grass isn't the most nutritious. So by supplementing with grain, you're not hurting your dog, your cow, right? And the grain we buy is like super awesome stuff. They mix it right there for us. We don't buy the bags of stuff where it was mixed like three years ago. They mix it right there in front of us for the cows, but they're not just pasture raised. Okay. They are, you know, supplemented with feed because our, the reason we have cows is because we have sand instead of grass. So we need to put down organic matter. So between the rolls of hay and the little bit that's left behind and the cow poop, it's turning into organic matter, right? That's kind of our, our whole purpose of having cows. Okay. So is it, is it that? Were they on a feedlot? Did they eat Skittles? Well, yeah, Google it up in Wisconsin, a truck overturned full of, I think it was red Skittles on the way to the feedlot to be fed to the cows because they were misstamped. So they were, you know, the cow people bought them to fatten up the cows. Um, do they use antibiotics? Well, you're not supposed to use a lot of antibiotics on the cows. Well, no, but you need to, you use what you need to use because they can't get sick. But sometimes what they do is they just shoot them up full of antibiotics and growth hormones and everything else just to make the process faster, which isn't fair. Okay. So you got all that crap to deal with um, if you're doing raw the right way. Well, what if you're doing not as much bone as you should or too many organ meats? You know, it's like, like I said, you can't win. So that's why I like to supplement and I give them fruit and veg and I'll give them meat, but that's not all they eat. Um, you know, we do uh, four health um, from tractor supplies, four health salmon and potato, but I want to rotate off and try some different things. Um, you know, why not? but we just haven't yet because I know how dogs can get diarrhea with a change in food, but I need to, we need, and so sometimes what we'll do is we'll pick up, uh, you know, instead of the salmon, we'll get like the beef, right. Or we'll get, um, they have a, like a specialty blend now. So we'll sometimes get that. Um, or we'll just sometimes get a, a different brand altogether. Like I said, we've got the bag of origin. We started with the small bag. I went through that. So I got a big bag and then we had to go through that. Um, here, Callie posted a link on Taste of Wild Review ingredient recall. 
And people food gets recalled all the time too. Exactly, Mary. Yeah. And Stephanie says you never can win, right? I think as long as you're giving your dog a variety, as long as you're supplementing with fruit, veg, and meat, you know, actual good things, you're not going to give your dog, like, told you, uh, we had chicken legs. That's what I made for breakfast. I was so hungry for chicken. So, because I don't grow chicken, so we have pork and we have beef, but I don't have chicken because my chickens, like, lay me eggs. Um, but we had the chicken legs, so I peeled the meat off. And so the extra skin I gave to them, like, just, like, a little bit, here, you can have this. And so they were very excited about that. But then you, um, you know, you can try the different foods. And if one bag of food is a great bag of food, awesome. If the next bag of food isn't as much, yeah, you know, your diet's not 100% all the time either, probably. I know mine isn't. But it's, it has been since the first when I started my whole 30. Terry says, class action lawsuit just messaged the link to you. Thank you. And what can you add to Kibble to make it, make them like it more? Ooh, that's a good one. So this is what we do here, is we'll put water on it and let it soak, turn it into kibble soup. Um, Parmesan cheese works out good. I actually just got, I love Chewy. I order from Chewy at least weekly. And um, this last one, I love their goodie boxes. And they have a new Christmas goodie box that I highly recommend. It is free shipping. It is $20. And it comes with probably $40 worth of stuff in there, including a powder thing that makes bone broth for dogs. So you mix it up with the water, and then you can pour that on. So there's some some of those like dog gravies, sometimes some canned or moist food you can add to it. But Parmesan cheese is a big one that will add to it. Um, you know, I know Gypsy, like I said, she eats anything. So, you know, giving her the veg and the fruit works. I can put that in with her food. Like, she's not, not going to eat it anyway. Like, she'll eat anything. But um, sometimes seeing the other dog do it helps out tremendously. Uh, Arrow and Rue and Zoe did not used to like this weird vegetable fruit stuff. So, like, I'd give them, say, a strawberry top, right? And they're like, why are you giving this to me? And I give it to Gypsy. She's like, oh, my God, I love this. Where's the other ones that they didn't eat? And so now they're like, mm, this, ugh, this strawberry top is so good. Just don't give it to Gypsy. Give me mine. So I'm like, okay, I mean, if you're going to eat a strawberry top despite her so she doesn't get your strawberry top, like, fine, eat a strawberry top. Um, and Cara says, I tried to give Panda a carrot, and she looked at it like it was an insult, right? Um, Susan says, pumpkin. Yes, so um, to tighten up stools, too, pumpkin is good. So, Melissa, you might want to try adding some canned pumpkin, not pumpkin pie filling. It has to be the canned, just plain old pumpkin. But you might want to try that. That's one of the other things we do with Marvel whenever his bowels were exploding all over the place. And Sam said, uh, Sam has carrots as treats, um, Susan said too. Yeah, I love giving him carrots as treats. Now, here's the one problem is what's your flooring? We did it once, and it's kind of stained the carpeting. Luckily, we were ripping up the carpeting, but still. Um, Terry says, raw eggs, kefir, pumpkin are good to add in kibble in addition to water. Yeah. Oh, an eggshell too. If it's the raw eggs, like if you're out at the ranch and you want eggs and our chickens are producing well, I always send eggs home. The eggshells that I send home, you can give to your dog because they haven't been treated with anything. Um, Melissa says, Hazel loves carrot. That's awesome. Is this commenting? Yep. Yep. I don't see the new comments. You might have to scroll on that, Melissa. Uh, and Stephanie says, my girl really loves apples. Oh, apples, pears, bananas. Yeah. Gypsy, you name it. She loves it. Well, green beans, I was doing the other day and she was eating um, cucumber ends or like squash ends. She loves everything. 
what I don't think I found something that she doesn't like yet. She might not want to eat all of it, but she loves everything, which is great. When we had the pigs, we had a slop bucket. And, you know, it's so like when we do vegetables or whatever, we just put everything in the slop bucket that, that, um, that we didn't eat. And afterwards I was like, oh, but I'm like, I've got my own little piggy right here, little piggy gypsy. And I think it's like time that Rich is feeding everyone. So she's prancing to get out because she wants to go eat. She's hungry. The joys of having more than one dog, right, Michelle? Okay, so I'm going to log off for tonight, guys. I can't believe it's only 6.43 and it is so dark outside. That's ridiculous. This time change. I tell you, every single year it is worse on me. Um, but next week, like I said, next week we're going to do the food. Raw food um, versus kibble versus what do you, what do you, what are you going to do? Um, and how's that working for you? You know, for the raw food um, for the kibble. Uh, what we've done in the past, because Jedi and Zoe were on it for a while, Era was on it, Gypsy was on it. So far, actually, the only one who hadn't been on a raw food only diet was Roma. Um, she's been doing fantastic. So, thank you and goodbye. Thank you guys. Goodbye. Listen to the podcast, like us, subscribe to us, follow us, and say that yes, I want to be alerted whenever she goes live because Vicky is awesome on Facebook. Join our How to Train Your Service Dog podcast and our How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group. And check out howtotrainyourservicedog.com, which is our online course. Okay, bye-bye, guys.